Welcome to Flighty Thoughts. I'm your host, David. And Bevel. And I have to say, I'm super excited about where we are today. Yes. This uh, is- so we had originally planned, uh, before COVID hit, to come here right. and to several other places around this area, which some of them had closed. But anyway, we are at... Where are we at? Superior Bathhouse Brewery. I've had a full Hot pint Springs. already. Hot Springs, Sorry, Louisiana. Sorry, getting to me. Just launch it. It's... It's just great because, you know, I had never been here before, and I've only had one of their beers out and about, and it has, happens to be one of my favorite beers in existence. It's the Space Force Hazy IPA. Space Force. Space Force, sorry. Space, Space Force. Space Force. Hazy Ooh. IPA. Uh, but I get in here, I look at the menu, I don't and like coercion. overwhelmed. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah, it's a lot. All right, so, David, this, this is what I wanted to start off with. Um, from all the places we've gone to, I've, I've, I've given a lot of thought. When you walk into a brewery and mm-hmm. even a restaurant, you have a you get a vibe immediately, and yeah. then as the night progresses or the day progresses, you get more vibes from like the usually, people you usually inter- the day. interact with. So there are different categories of that: professionalism or unprofessionalism, cleanliness of the place, uncleanliness. Which I would like a hole in the wall place as long as the food's good. So that leads to the next one: like good product, horrible product, or mm-hmm. somewhere in between. And also, I was thinking too. Workers that hate where they work or are just disgruntled compared to workers that love their job and are all about it. Um, and then bosses, um, owners or shift managers, perhaps, yeah. where they're tyrants. Or the opposite end would be like they just let everybody walk all over them and they don't respect them. Anyway, all these categories, and you probably could add more, helps determine the vibe when you encounter a place. Yeah, and there have been overall. places where the vibe has not been good. And other places, the vibe's been really good. You're like, I cannot wait to come back here. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I have always felt that way about Superior. Like the workers here really mm-hmm. laid back and chill. Um, we talked to, uh, I don't know if it was a manager or hi- owner or higher up. Uh, Katie. Katie, yeah. Yeah, Katie the manager. Katie Katie the manager. Yes. She's, she's pretty cool. And so, knowledgeable. Like, yeah. Good stuff. Now appearing yeah, so. at the Superior Bathhouse. So room. we're liking Superior. Yeah. Katie and manager. their products. Everything I've had so far has been pretty fantastic, yeah. which I'm excited to share those beers. But we should it probably introduce good. our guests Let's do first. It. Let's do it. Hi. Okay. Go ahead. We, we have you with said us today. Introduce. How about, a, how about how this? About I'll introduce you this way. <laughs> Blake and I go way back. Um, uh, we were both campus ministers way back in the day. Uh, I was joking before we started recording that your longevity was much more than mine. Uh, yes, but, it is. Um, oh, is it? <laughs> Tell me more about... No. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> David said he was worried about this episode. We'll, we'll get back yeah, on track. We're good. We're good. Um, so anyway, I I always joke with um, David that, you know, he asks the guests that I bring to the table, How has Bevel prepared you? And the answer is always no. But I did think about texting you and saying, let's just talk about your Irish heritage and then Peaky Blinders. But Blakey with that, blinders. introduce yourself, Mike. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm Blake Langston, and yeah, we, we go back. It's, um, yeah, there's not just a lot to say about that. I think we'll let it unfold, yes, you know, naturally, sure. like a flower. Well, then we'll go to Peaky Blinders real quick. So go to Peaky Blinders. The amount of smoking. Friends, if you've not watched Peaky Blinders, yeah. golly, I That's would have lot. that smoker's voice as well. I actually envy that. I wish, you like, envy a, the as someone voice? who, like, writes music and sings... Man, the the raspiness that you get to your voice from being a, a mm-hmm. smoker, there's mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. positive like, about that. It's like that singing. episode of Friends where Phoebe gets a cold. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. Smelly smelly to go. Smelly smelly I just can't do it now. Sultry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, th- I think about that when I uh, when I listen to like Jason Isbell. Yeah, you know, that's a guy with a story. 
yeah. and uh, and it comes out in his music and um, but you get a little bit of that you get a little bit of that in there I mean he's got a great voice for that but it's uh, but it adds it adds tone and character you know that's a person with a story yes whenever I hear that voice that's <laughs> yeah they've had like some Jack life white. experience like Jack White when he sings like I'm introducing my kids to the White Stripes yeah and uh, I wanted them to hear Jolene Mm-hmm. And his cover of Jolene with the White Stripes, and then mm-hmm. I did Miley Cyrus, and then I did Dolly Parton, because there are a lot of good covers of Jolene, but those are probably my two favorites. And he's—it sounds like he gargled with razor blades, and it's just the most like impassioned singing. Yeah, that's and great. it's amazing. And then you go to Miley Cyrus, who's since become you know a sideshow, and her cover of Jolene in the backyard sessions. Oh, it's really good. Oh, top notch. Oh, it's Kobe beef. I mean, it is. Kobe Speaking beef. of a sideshow, <laughs> let's talk about the free Britney crap. No, <laughs> so we got an iPad. Oh my goodness, I can surf the web with leisure. Let's talk about the beers we have today from our flighty thoughts. This is gonna be my my redirect. You guys are gonna Blake get probably the assume that redirect. David is our redirector. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm the tangenter. He's he's, the he's Batman and you're Robin. Yes, but not the Dick Grayson Robin who yeah. becomes Nightwing. You're the Jason Todd Robin that everybody voted to. <laughs> Get him off here. They're killing Joe. Okay, sorry. A little deep take on the comic books. And back to beers. Back to beers. Uh, again, we're at Superior Bathhouse in Hot Springs. I'm super excited. I picked... Uh, so they have two different flight options. They have the four, four, four ounce pours, which is what I went with today. But they also have one called Bathed in Beer. And it's all 18 pours, which I'll have to save for another You've day. You've got to drink it naked. You have to do. You have to drink mm-hmm. it naked. There's a special room. You have to sign a waiver with a spa. Yeah, I mean we are in oh, hot springs and three That's... giant Russian men. I like it. But Daddy. <laughs> today, today I decided to go with uh, David's like crap. I'm gonna have to work a lot on this episode. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot. Today I went with the IPAs, and I have to tell you, I've, I've changed a little bit, Bevel, because we've talked in previous episodes yeah. about how I like to drink one. And then go to each one. But I really wanted to do it justice here because yeah. of my excitement of this place and what I've heard and, and just the quality here. So I've tried every one of my four pale ales and IPAs. I have two pale ales, two IPAs, and I have to say they're all really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the, what is it, the hazy, the hazy one, which is a Space Force, which is oh. hands down great. I have the Candy Mountain American Pale Ale, which I really, really like. Um Ooh, and food has arrived. Thank you, Lindsay. Uh, what else we have is a Centennial Elixir. Now, the Centennial Elixir is a little bit lighter beer, a lighter IPA. But the flavor is great. And then the first one I tried was their other pale ale. And I'm trying to, I'm looking at the list, seeing if I can find out where it is. But it is the Superior Pale Ale. And that one's got a good caramely flavor. Mm. So, now that I've derailed y'all from your other no, stuff. No, no, you're good. Blake, yeah. tell us what you're, what you're drinking. If you remember. Yep. Well, so I've got the little thing under here, and it's telling me that I have a, I also have the four four ounce pours in a a flight. I did not take a bath in beer today. Not yet. No, it's a working day. So that I wait until (laughs) 3 3 p.m. after I've got the kids back at the house from school for that. Um, Y'all go play in the yard. (laughs) So I I, I went with uh, Lindsay's choice, is um, the dealer's choice here, and I got the Space Force, which I've Came highly recommended. Yes, yes. I have yes, not yes. tasted it. It's a little cloudy, but I dig that vibe. Uh, I got a spicy, and it has a jalapeno. It has a spice note in it. It's not like a cinnamony, but it's definitely a a peppery kind of spice. I uh, haven't tried that yet. I will be certain to tell you about it. And then I have the FPS. 
I usually call that a first person shooter. <laughs> but, you know, you're telling too much of what you are. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I that, that I flash the card pretty pretty regularly with the game. Is that stuff. the oatmeal stout? Is it FPS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds, I think that's what it is. Sounds right. She's she's a dark one. She's yeah. She's clear. Let me let me get a little sip here. Flighty Pilots Stout number. Oh, oh, foul play stout. Is that what it is? That's is a, it good? That's a that's a good that's a good in beer. Is it thick, rich chocolate <laughs> and coffee flavors? It is. Good. It's a de- I, and you know I like it thick. Tell us more so, about the viscosity, Blake. <laughs> and you had uh, you had the Irish, the red ale before, didn't you? Mm-hmm. How was that? Red was good. Yeah, red was good. Uh, it, it, my experience with reds um, from local breweries. And it's kind of kicking around Arkansas some. Yeah. Is that some you'll hit and they're they're really gray beers, and then some taste like a bag of dirty nickels. Yeah. And it's the <laughs> it's the worst because I go in I'm like all right let's do an Irish red you know this is mother's milk I mean it's it's not you know Guinness's mother's milk but um, it's it's a it's a it's a staple to be sure but um, they they do a good one here I like it so. that's how I feel about IPAs they're kind of a mixed bag you mm. can get them and they can be fantastic like the two to three that I have here or you can get them and they can be awful they just they get the hops wrong or it goes bad in between the keg and the can and something and you're just like ooh yeah there, there are a lot of ways ooh. an IPA can go south and and because IPAs have you know for a while it was the trendy drink it's like yeah. oh you got to get the mostest hopsist in there and the it craziest became a, it was like an arms race and so you'd have loads arms race of hops. You have hops and you'd have loads and loads and everybody oh you gotta try IPA and about about half of them were just oh right you <laughs> even, I mean you could even do it what, what, hop, hopzilla hop nation yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shit just makes your mouth numb so you can't taste anything else it, may, it makes me think about you know the water that catches at the bottom of a dumpster oh! just cut a hole in the corner of the dumpster and go <laughs> you know, I had a buddy who used to work at a bar in um, Shreveport Louisiana and they would, for their new recruits at the end of the night, like their first night, they would do a mat shot. And what a mat shot was is if you look at a bar, you have the mats where they put the drinks and the glasses when they make it. So all this shit just gets spilled. And you oh, just have this random gross no. stuff. What they do is they just kind of dump it into a shot. No. And that is what you do. That no. is your initiation. And it sounds no. almost as no. bad as a dumpster. And hopefully you <laughs> no. never have to do that again. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. And then you, when you come back a week later from being sick, you can have it. But... Mm. So I'm going from pint to pint to pint. So I've got uh, DeSoto's Folly. It's a golden. It's really good. Uh, what am I on now? Let's see. I'm on the Pale Ale. And then I'll close off with the Arkansas Sour, which I really like. I'm excited to taste that. Which Arkansas, you know, I don't yeah. like oh. sours that punch you in the mouth too much. That one's a good mix. Speaking of a sour that'll punch you in the mouth, I had to try this pickle sour. They have a Jess's Big Pickle or Jig Big Dill Pickle Sour. And it reminds Justice me of... Justice was served. Giggity. <laughs> you guys ever heard of a pickleback? You know what a pickleback is? Mm-hmm. Is that like the band Nickelback? No, 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 no. It's much better than Nickelback. <laughs> I'm not going to like either, I feel. Look at this photograph. <laughs> pickleback is when you take a shot and then you chase it with pickle juice. Like, I have a buddy who likes to do that with tequila. He oh, does wow. tequila with a pickleback. Oh, no, I know I know people, you know, people who are, are into the pickle juice thing. Yeah. I've, I've done it. It's weird. It is a little weird, but I think this is like a good medium in between like full-on pickle juice and a beer or something. So you have this pickle-flavored beer, this dill-flavored beer that you can take shots and boom. You can make it like a boil maker out of it. I wonder mm. if you drop oh, that into could, some Guinness, yeah. what would it do? Probably curdle. Oh. Yeah. There aren't turning, I like to do with Guinness. It. I just like to go straight on it. Speaking yeah. of Guinness, you can make an Irish car bomb with Guinness. Okay, so <clears> it's, you know. 
Have, what three three quarters of a pint we just, of Guinness? We just like to call that a car bomb. And don't ever ask for one in an Irish pub. <laughs> never, please, never. And thank you. <laughs> you but, will not walk oh, out. There, I, there are certain drink combinations. So this the car the car bomb uh, is Guinness, and then it's got uh, Bailey's, and then a little bit of Bacardi One Fifty One, which you light on fire if you're in a good place. If not, it's just Bailey's. No, you'll get you'll get. They, sometimes they touch it with a. You know what establishment you have. Depending on whether or not they go with Jameson or Bushmills. Oh, Catholic or Protestant. Oh, right. Jameson. Jameson's the Catholic drink, but Bushmills is the Protestant whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the Republic in, in Northern Ireland. Yeah, sure. Anyway, the uh, the car bomb, Irish or not Irish. Otherwise. Otherwise. I can't remember the last one I had over oh, a decade ago because those usually don't come in the singular. You usually have car bombs enough that you remember... Maybe not the night that you had them, but you remember the experience and the afterflow of having oh, those. Gosh, but it's yeah. been a long time. Yeah, that's time. where having people taking pictures is nice. You're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> I remember that night. And by remember, you mean I can see pictures of myself being there. <laughs> yeah. It comes in stages and flashes. <laughs> that's what it is. That's exactly that's right. what it is. Oh. Mostly remembering the vomit. The vomit. <laughs> and the regret. There's a random thought. You know, we should check out the pubs in Little Rock. And then there's just one in North Little Rock, I think, right? The Cregans. Oh, yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. And then there's Hibernia. And what's the one? Uh, Dugans. 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 I think Dugans is also North Little Rock, yeah. I mean, it's right across the river. Right. Yeah. It's a river market section or whatever. Yeah. They've got the little uh, fireplace there. It's very nice, warm yeah. and toasty. You know, we used to go down and that would be one. Oh, is this yours? No, Sorry, go ahead. But that, um, those are one of the, the few places where, you know, you can walk in with a set of pipes, uh, bagpipes, Ireland, which Irish pipes or yeah. Highland pipes, especially on St. Patty's Day, and um, and they'll just play them. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to have a little bit more of an Irish trad, you know. Music Do you scene. play? Do you yeah. play the, oh, the bagpipes? Yeah, That's right. Oh, absolutely. I think I remember. Absolutely. That. Yeah. Yeah. So you're Irish. You're like well, yeah. We 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 love that Irish, part of, of the heritage. Yeah. I mean, who you is can we? Tell the paleness. In, yeah. I mean, you you're a good company with beer. pale skin, but like, <laughs> when you say we, we love this, who is your Irish clan? Oh, oh. I mean, I don't mean like your yeah. heritage, but like the people you hang out with here. Yeah, no. Your tribe. I, so, so, you know, there's a concept, a general concept among, and, and, and the funny thing about Irish people is, the, I mean, hospitality is, is the thing. I mean, want to relate. So there's a concept and it's, it's the crack. And when you have the crack, it's just, just this great kind of, it's almost a spiritual experience of, of, of companionship and camaraderie and it's a good time you know it's uh, if, if you have the crack then man you've got it you've got it going on and so really you can have the crack with anyone and in that moment it kind of everybody's the Irish people yeah and and that's I, I think that's the mentality and certainly when I've been over in Ireland that um, everywhere you go it's the you know it's kind of chasing the dragon a little bit you know <laughs> I mean, three, four, five in the morning, and you're, you know, I'm sitting at a table with like three dudes who are in their seventies, and they're just drinking me under the table. <laughs> right? I'm That's not so bad, Irish, Irish, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but Irish. it's fantastic. You know, I think a fascinating thing, and here we are in Hot Springs, you know, Spirit Bath House, and one of the things that's unique to this area is Novaculite, which makes sharpening stones. Okay. And so when I was over in Ireland with the with the Irish music people, and uh, at Napibri Island which is uh, the Irish Pipers um, Society. And there were some old guys, and they were writing tunes down by hand for me to bring back. And um, one of the guys mentioned who was with me, he was like, he's from Arkansas. And they looked at me with these stars in there, and they went, Arkansas. And I was expecting them to say, oh, that's where Bill Clinton's from. Yeah. And, and what, what they said was Arkansas Stone. And I, I hand sharpen knives, and so 
that's something I know. Like yeah. all of my sharpening stones are from this area, Novaculite. Oh, cool. Arkansas stones, they used to uh, be the stones that surgeons would use to sharpen scalpels. I mean, that's how fine an edge you can get with Novaculite. And, but they were fascinated with the Arkansas stone. And so um, I'd also... <laughs> I'd also been to Jameson that day and I had a bottle and we cracked that bottle open and I don't, I remember, I know that I was in Dublin. Yeah. I know that I was in Dublin and, uh, but I, I just remember walking out of 15 Henrietta street, which is old Georgian, beautiful building where the Nepebrial is located. And, uh, I remember stumbling around, um, and, and just, yeah, I spent the rest of the day and the rest of the night. Oh, by the way, that was it. That was at noon. We drank a bottle <laughs> of Jameson for lunch. Wow. <laughs> and then it was, uh, it was getting around and, and it really was about the crack. I mean, everyone was interested in just kind of being in that space together. And so if you ever have that, uh, some of us call it fellowship, but yeah, I was going to ask, what would you consider to be like you, the crack for the United States? Like, how would you like good spirits with each other? Maybe yeah. great spirits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anytime you get together with people and, um, it's some people call it good vibes, but yeah. it's really it's really stronger than that. I mean, it really is about um, kind of all being there in the same kind of general spirit. Mm. Yeah, and it's awesome. I mean, and when you get and when you have it, I mean, it, you know you're in it, and it's a fantastic space. Is that a place where everybody looks out for each other and everybody? Oh, like, sure. Does yeah. everything. It's a safe space. Yeah, it's fun. You don't get is aggressive it a holy people. Space. Well, I um, I think so. Yeah, I really do. Absolutely. Because Tell me more about that. Well, it, if, to me, it's a it's it's that that you know ineffable part of each of us that connects. It's the part that that we don't see every day. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's the part beyond kind of what we perceive and what we see. And you know, it has nothing to do with income. It has nothing to do with skin color. It has nothing to do with nationality. It has nothing to do with political affiliation, orientation. It has nothing to do with any of that. You just in that space connecting with an unrepeatable miracle of God. And 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 I think it's that Imago Dei piece, right? The image oh of God. Gosh. Yeah. I was say, you said two things that I love, the Imago DA day. Yeah. And then, um, would you say unrepeated, unrepeatable miracles of God? Yeah. Tell me more about that. Okay. So my, my college people will definitely, they say, Blake says this all the time. Um, it was transformative. I, I picked this phrase up when I was in seminary at Asbury and, uh, I would take kind of, i gotten into monasticism and wanted to go and kind of be among the monks. So I went right. to Gethsemane, um, which is which Thomas is Merton, right? Thomas Merton, yeah. which is, oh God, Thomas Merton's my jam. And, <laughs> um, and one of the things I was having a hard time with was accepting how I could be a part mm -hmm. of, or be an agent of God's love in this world. I was really struggling with, it. this is my third year of seminary, by right. the way. So I'd taken the classes, been there and I really didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And, uh, so to be in that space with the monks and to be silent, um, and I was complaining, Silently. Uh, yeah. Silently no, so silently. And, uh, and one of the monks there told me, he's like, you know, he said, whatever you think about yourself, never forget that you're an unrepeatable miracle. You're, say this slowly. Unrepeated miracle. Unrepeatable. Unrepeatable miracle. Yeah, miracle of God. And wow. he said unrepeatable miracle. And, and of course, I'm, you know, my background's in biochemistry. And so having... You know, yeah, we're unrepeatable. We're genetic one-offs. Right. And to know that whatever I see when I look in the mirror, which is, and it's more gray these days. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. But, uh, You're not alone with that either. I think either. I have some of a mustache <laughs> always. I look in the mirror, I'm like, dang it, the gray's making me think I have food I've left got the over. wings now look like Polly Walnuts from the freaking <laughs> Sopranos. It's like, oh, man. So when you look in the yeah. mirror. Unrepeatable miracle. Unrepeatable um, miracle. And, and no matter what my day is like, 
I can affirm the piece of me that can't be taken by anything that this world affirms, right? Yeah. And we all have that mm. because we've been created in the image of God. So the Imago Dei in me and in you, I think that, and when that connects, I feel like you have the crack. And it doesn't have to be this explosive high energy thing. Right. But it's, it certainly can be. So the crack can be silence. Rarely. Rarely. <laughs> rarely. Uh, I think rarely uh, I, I, because it's so much associated with um, it, it's that, you know, eat, drink and be merry. Yeah. You know, for that. For tomorrow. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> well, it's yeah, it's God's great gift. You know, uh, what is it? Eat, drink and enjoy the toil of your labor mm. for that's oh. God's great gift to humanity. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And eat, so drink and enjoy the toil of your labor. Yeah. So work. Uh, appreciate the fact that you can do something. You can yeah. produce something. You can create something. I mean, you're creating something with this podcast. You're creating something. Yeah. And that's awesome. And so connecting with that piece, um, yeah, but it's rarely ever quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if that's not echoed when John Wesley says, you know, do all the good you can, all the ways you can, you know, make all the money you can, spend all the money you can, save all the money you can, do all those yeah. things, but do it with the presence and, and forethought of God and, and how you can be a witness to that. That's just cool. Well, and, and, and the, the neatest thing about it is that in, in, in the middle of that space, in the crack, you realize you're not alone in it. You know, there's a community built into it. And yeah. so we, we get to share because crack is not something you experience by yourself. That's something that's communally generated. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, it, has, it takes on a life of its own. And so it's really, and, and really I do, I mean, not to over theologize, but I also had a professor who said that um, analogy is built into everything. You know, yeah. it's the whole system is analogous. If, yeah. one, if one creates it all, then it all links. Mm-hmm. And so to say that the experiencing the crack, thanks, Lindsay. Thank you, uh, Lindsay. The experiencing of the crack is really When you come here, guys, when you come to Superior, make sure you ask for Lindsay. She is She's awesome. the best. Lindsay is amazing. Uh, thank you, Lindsay. But be careful because she will beat you up. She, she wrestles is alligators. A <laughs> <laughs> she wrestles alligators. I'm frightened, legitimately frightened. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. So when was the last time you were in Ireland? Oh, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, When's your next trip to Ireland? Soon. Tomorrow? Uh, Let's go. uh, Yeah, I love it, man. Pandemic really kind of got in the way. My kids are old enough now that, and and they're named Murrin, Maeve, Merritt, and Myra. And uh, of course, Murrin is is the North American Anglicization of it, but it's, you know, Murrin. Is what? Murrin. Murrin. Yeah, Ah, gotcha. And then then Maeve, and then Merritt, but Merritt's also, I mean, you hear it pronounced. um, um, Morate or uh, a married, and then Ma- and Myra is um, basically Mary, but uh, Asgalga, you know, in, in Gaelic. So we um, we we want to go. We want to go soon, and my kids are old enough now to go and to go into the Bruna Boyne, you know, to see New Grange, uh, to go and kind of connect, go out west and Connemara and uh, and Galway and in Sligo and Mayo, County Kerry and Clare and. Uh, beautiful language, rich culture, amazing hospitality, and the music is—it's the best. <laughs> so, is this a this love and enjoyment of, of, of this? Is this something that originated with you, or is it from a long line of? of I mean, obviously, it's your heritage. Yeah, it's, and a, it's a long line, and um, I think I think part of it. It. I mean, I'm definitely an ambassador in that way I, because I my experience with the Irish people has always been profoundly positive 
and and just connecting with that piece you know being able to walk into a square and seeing your family's names mm-hmm. on on various things and walking in and knowing and, and and it's funny because they'll have a story everywhere you go you go into a pub and someone will have a story about someone with your name and and so and they're like oh so you must be family and we're like yeah sure yeah. and we have so many people especially in the south and southeast you know Appalachia and and of people who came to this country right um, wanting wanting something better and uh, it's it, you know amazing stories and that's also you know, by virtue of that connection a way of kind of telling the story of our country you know mm-hmm. so it's um i love that piece but it, it uh, connected with of course i've been to france and germany i've been all i've been all over the place but it was really there where i went okay so this is home this yeah. feels homey yeah and it was it was 100 percent because of the people there and it felt very old. Right. It felt like it had been there a long, long, long Just time. Just ready to welcome you home. Right. Yeah. 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 It, it, it largely untouched by Rome. Yeah. You know, it had its own thing. Um, the Irish people are kind of ornery and, you know, self-deterministic and, and they've been through a lot. And so um, I just connect with that. So that, How do you connect with that? Are you ornery? Carefully. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no. It depends on who you ask. Yeah, <laughs> ornery or, or loyal. Um, yeah, no, I, I, there are there are a lot, of, and I think that's for all of us. One of the most important things about understanding where we come from, mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know, Flannery O'Connor uses that language, where you are from, right? To understand yourself is to know, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and so just connecting with those pieces, and to me, a culture of hospitality, a culture that kind of speaks openly. Um, the culture of connection to each other and really celebrating that communal thing. And I've, I've experienced that in almost every place I've ever been. Um, but I really connected with it there. That's awesome. The people from there. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks wow. for asking. That's a, so one of our, that? one of our mutual f- friends, he, he's uh, living in Florida now, but George, uh, yeah. he always, him and I always connected on a level of poetry because I read and write poetry and right. I'm always amazed because he memorizes poetry and he'll just, any random time. Uh, is that deeply Irish or is that just some uh, of the... Okay, yeah. George, George, he's, he's a northerner. He's a northerner. <laughs> he's a northerner. He's northern Irish. Yeah. <laughs> he's northern Irish. Um, no, it, I mean, it's... There's something lyrical and, and there's so much of the culture that is still kind of trends into oral history. So the telling of story really matters. Yes, and it's <laughs> sorry, I'm, 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 I'm tasting the sour. I think he saw my face. Yeah. I'm just like, Ugh. remember that old like good? bitter beer face? It's a different sour I had, but it wasn't. It's not bad, but it's just anyway. This isn't the Arkansas. This is the pickle, and I'm uh, sorry. No, 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 that's good. You. I love it. I mean, we're here for for beers and for the crack. After yeah. all that talk of the pickle, you don't like it. I'm saying it's got a place. It's got a place right behind tequila, <laughs> tequila, pickle beer. That. That's probably a thing. <laughs> it's got to be, right? It's got to be a thing. I mean, if people are willing to... I mean, think about it pre-pandemic. People are willing to, to lick body parts pre-taking a shot. You know, it's, it's like, come on, man. And now I think you might have found it, though, the, the, pickle, the pickle sour. You know, forget the lime in someone else's mouth. <laughs> line of salt. Yeah, so oh, in, in some ways, suspicious. to get back on track, so... Uh, I write music and poetry and there's times where I'm like I don't know if this is a poem or it's a song or it's both and so I like that about the Irish people I, I kind of wish secretly I was Irish because also the melancholy yeah I'm very melancholy uh, you'd, you'd oh, fall into that really would hard love the rain of Ireland a storm yeah. tree yeah no it's it's <laughs> yeah the 
the, the stories and how many of them are sad and about longing and about mm-hmm. wanting. And really, though, uh, most of, of Ireland's kind of cultural contribution is this kind of profound. Pain, suffer, and famine. Pain, suffer, and famine. I know. It's it, even the even the happy stuff is sad. I know, <laughs> you know, even the celebration stuff has that. But that they endure through miss. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. some powerful ah, about that. I like that. But they endure through that, and you still have, after all the suffering, after all that, you have the crack. You have the crack. You have the crack. That's it, it. all comes down to the crack. That's it. So, uh, speaking of your writing poetry and you singing kept smiling. songs, I know because this is what I want to do I'm on air. Where you can't, here, here it is. No, you're not going to get. You're going to be challenged. I think we need to have a, an an in between episode, so not a normal episode. Call it a special episode where we go to your house, we drink a shit ton of beer or whiskey or whatever, and you play songs. And we talk about them. We could like a that. singer song or writer thing. We we'll put up, if we'll it's going to be there. poetry, question. Uh-huh. One, may I wear a beret? <laughs> Please and do. And may I also snap? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring the closed cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> the closed cigarettes. Yeah, baby. Yeah, man. That's yeah. it. I love me some cool, clove. Daddy. Ah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it's funny. Every time I see a beat poet or slam poet, I think it's it. Mm. I, t- I don't know. I think it takes all kinds, but I think I'm just going to say it. I think no. people approach poetry very differently. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have I have kind of my niche, I guess, yeah. of the type of poetry I like. Probably, probably there my, once was a man from Nantucket. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, like the, I like the poets that really touch on our connection with nature yeah. and the power of nature. So mm-hmm. Mary Oliver is one yeah. of my favorite poets. and She's great. Several others. But why do you think it is? Some of this new age poetry, I just, I'm like... Please stop it. Why do you think poetry is so more intimate than prose? <clears throat> or why do you think, you know, people people's relationship with poetry is so different than than a short story or a novel? So or good, am I just being so hyperbole? Good, good poetry. Uh, Billy Collins, I don't love, love him, but he writes some poems about poetry, and I, I feel like he hits the head on the nail. Meta. So poetry should cause anyone reading it to stop and to truly consider what you're hearing. Hmm. And further to question, like, what is the backstory to this poet and what they're writing? There's some so poetry like nowadays. There's some poetry nowadays. It's just so it, you read it and you're like, okay, well, that, that was thank you, Captain Obvious. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I like the poetry where it comes across seemingly obvious in some ways, but there are levels of depth behind it. Yeah. Whether it's utilizing sort of a double entendre, whether it's you know you slow down you're like what did they mean by this mm. um anyway that's the kind of poetry i like like reading plato you have to read yeah. it twice at least like, wait a minute <laughs> what's going on here and why don't i get it it's like yes. lecti- le- what is it lectino lecto divina lectio mm-hmm. divina yeah. lectio divina you have to read multiple times to just to soak it all in too right that's a good practice that's a good practice for scripture and i think it's a good practice for life when you just sit and you're like all right Let's look at this. Let's see what we attach to, and let's see how we can go with that as well. Where Bevel, where where else do you find that? I mean, because for me, poetry has always seemed a little inaccessible, mm-hmm. just because I don't find myself thinking poetically. You know, mm-hmm. so I tend to live in prose and think in prose. Yes. And so, where where else might we be able to kind of find <laughs> that space? So, speaking of prose, I, I like could that. see how some people would prefer prose because our language is basically very wooden. Like, to, to have language, we have to be wooden. Sometimes we're going to offend people. Sometimes we're going to be like, I didn't mean to express it that way. Let me get more to what I'm actually saying. The reason I like poetry is 
it summarizes things or gets to the heart of things really fast. It has to. However, yeah. on the opposite end of the wooden stuff, usually the wooden stuff, you're like, okay, we, we kind of banger through it and we figure it out. With poetry, it's like there's something almost magical, dare I say, holy about it in its writing that captures a certain essence of truth. So you could you could have poetry that's funny yeah. and here and there, but there's still something true about what's being shared. Right. There's a lot of soul in poetry. Yeah. And I'd say just find the type of poetry that speaks to you. I mean, honestly, there's some good poetry out there. There's some bad poetry. I probably would disagree with y'all on poetry that you like or, or hate. Um, well, what do you think is a good, like, if you just want to get into poetry? You, you're like me. You, you've read some stuff, you know, but you don't, you just want to, like, an intro into it. What would you recommend? Um, Dr. Seuss? No, I don't know. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Seuss? Maybe. Maybe yeah. so. It's it's tough. So I feel like... So this is where my wife would make fun of me and say I'm a purist in some ways. Be a purist. Own what you are. So poetry is utilizing not only just what it's communicating, but how it's communicating it. Oh, okay. And so there's some there's a lot of free poetry out there, which I like many of us would say try out free poetry reading poetry that doesn't have poetry? like certain rhymes it doesn't have certain stanzas or verses it just is someone just kind of putting it out there um, because that's kind of a good segue into learning more about poetry so for example haiku mm-hmm. um, there was something that drew me to haiku um, initially when I read it Mm-hmm. And people have taken haiku in a lot of high schools um, to have their students just write haiku, this and that. I'm a purist in the sense of people are writing haikus all over the place and they don't know the origin of it. Right. So haikus are meant to be tied to a certain season throughout right. the year. And you might not always explicitly name that season, but there's something in the uh, haiku that will point to what type of season it is. But also another thing that haikus do is it connects with nature in a way that also describes the inner life of the poet trying to express itself in comparison to nature. I love that you know that. And I love that (laughs) that's what haikus are for. My question is though, is it better to have someone introduced to haikus based on not knowing that versus never having been introduced to poetry? Yeah, that's why I said they're free poetry. It's like, but you're a purist. I am, but I want people to, be able to find things that are accessible even though i don't love it yeah if it's a gateway so for example i used to hate poetry same as, as you blake because i was like i just blake, don't get you hate it. poetry i don't hate it well no not hate oh, it but you're just, you just like called you out on a that. majority of people probably just don't understand it and i still feel like i don't fully understand it but one of the things that was a light bulb moment for me and i think i've said this before realizing that music and poetry are cousins uh-huh. yeah, sure and that opened up the kissing? door for me to give poetry more of a chance is and this, really this to fall kind of, in love kind with kind it. Kind of roll tide cousins or is <laughs> what talking about here? Yeah, yeah. So you want me th- – this is not fully edited, but this is my Do most it. Do it. recent one. So, uh, wait, wait. Ladies and men, ladies no, and gentlemen. Gosh. Wait, wait, do, uh, okay. wait, 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 wait. Can, can I follow your poem with the limerick? Please I mean, do. How, how family friendly is this? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Bevel the Poet. He's giving himself snaps. All right, it's called What's Better. They say humans live to eat and eat to live. Well, my dog plays to live and lives to play. 
I say, too, that I live to drink beer and whiskey, but that doesn't work around the other way. Hey, my problem really is living to eat, past a treat or minor indulgence. I full-blown overindulge since I stopped paying attention. And round and round we go again asking, is it better to live to eat or eat to live? So that's basically my struggle with overeating. I know, right? Yeah, (laughs) That's my struggle. And I've written other stuff too about like, I do not like that I overindulge and eat too much. I've been trying to work on my weight and to be more mindful when I'm eating and stuff like that. And so... I'd imagine that would be There's helpful. some playfulness yeah. to that poem in the beginning, but then also to kind of going a little deeper. But it, but it, but it's, it's also definitely a crystallized thought. I mean, right. that's there's an. I think what got me there is, and, and with poetry in general, is it it's an intentional kind of thought. I mean, it's it really is. I mean, we can have so many thoughts, but that one, yeah. And I appreciate that too. Also, by the way, many many of you may or may not know. That Bevel's wife makes delicious cookies. Uh, great cookies. Yes, cookies. Beautiful cookies. The shout base. out to Missy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big shout out. So that's, um, yeah, no, I like that. So, I, so I'll offer you my poetic. Yes, please. <laughs> Limerick, let's hear it. There once was a man from Kent <laughs> whose dick was slightly bent. He could put it in double without any trouble, and instead of coming, he went. <laughs> Poetry. I love it. <laughs> and now that one's speak- deep in another way. <laughs> we speak to the dichotomy of, <laughs> of, of this. The human spirit. <laughs> well, I want to say, you know, first of all, thank you, Bevel, for sharing of yourself mm-hmm. and your poetry. And thank you, Blake, for enlightening us all. On <laughs> for telling us of a man that shared himself. We, we, know, we know about your thought processes now, sir. Thank you very much, or very little. I mean, that just tells me you you have been perfect for campus ministry. Yeah, I haven't been around it. I think we're very good yeah, to go with that. Yeah, they're, oh, they're there for it. Ooh. You mentioned uh, so you. What's this delectable treat? Ah, this is my bamin. Thank you so much. So I've been. I was thinking about this too. Like so, going from campus ministry to a local church setting. How's that transmi- transition been so far for you? I, it probably depends on who you ask. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, since you're asking me, I think it's gone pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one with the microphone, bitch. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> I think it's gone pretty well. Um, one of the things that early on, you know, in, in the United Methodist system, when you're going to be appointed to a church, then, um, you know, not to get boring with it, but, you know, uh, so they called me and I got to talk with my lead pastor here, JJ Galloway. She's awesome. And um, we had conversations. And one of the first things was, I was like, so, okay, so if my district superintendent has recommended me for this post, you need to know some things about me. And feel free at any point in this conversation to say, you're not the guy for this job. Mm. Because I, I, I'm not, uh, and I'm not going to live into or uh, allow my soul to be swallowed Good. by organizations, institutions, and uh, you know what b- become pejorative kind of uh, just obligations. That will never happen with me. And so um, the transition has been one more of calendar and culture because I was around 20-somethings all the time. Maeve was up with the... Uh, Maeve is my 11-year-old. She was sitting up with the tech person in our traditional service, and she said, and Maeve is a truth speaker. Her oh. gift is speaking truth. And, and she looked around, and she said, you know what? You know what I noticed? There are a lot of old people here. Right. <laughs> I mean, a lot of old people here. And Kristen, our tech person, was like, oh, my God, it made me laugh so hard. She's like, yeah, you're right. I said, she's used to being around 20-somethings. Yeah. You know, these, these people who are asking a lot of questions and not – where the expectations are, well, we're, we're going to be together mm-hmm. in this. And that's really, 
the principal expectation. So that's kind of what I bring to the table. I am constantly amazed. And, and this, to me, this sounds like, and this may be my just my lens on it, but this sounds like a cultural shift in what you have as ministry goes, right? And I'm constantly amazed at how many subcultures there are in everything that we do and just the slightest change. Because you went from what? Conway to here. Mm-hmm. You're talking what? 45 miles? 50 miles maybe. 50 yeah, miles. Sure. But yet the culture in your context has changed what dramatically dramatically drastically yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's a big difference and that's really interesting i think it's amazing that you can be equipped to do that and that you can grow in both of those areas was it a was it a pleasant was it a well-received shift in in position because how long were you in campus ministry uh i was there for seven years okay and i didn't I, I wasn't a person appointed to campus ministry um i was a person who requested campus ministry you requested oh it. absolutely yeah it's a job that a lot of people don't want to do absolutely and yeah. uh for the uncertainties it's also not a prestige position you don't mm-hmm. get paid as much and you know you're never going to be um i don't david i don't believe in promotions mm-hmm. like when you get appointed to another church you're not being promoted or demoted mm-hmm. um, and people who want to put that narrative forward it's bullshit really it's, it is okay. absolutely yeah you because god's gonna work anywhere yeah i mean to say that god uh, is any god is there anywhere that's right yeah and to say that that it's less important that we go serve a church in desark than we do in fayetteville is yeah. is not only the height of absurdity but it's also i mean it's heretical mm. I mean, that's saying, well, you know, God doesn't need to do, do the work out there. Yeah, you know, it's like, I'm, I, I can't do absurd. this here. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I, God has called me over here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've done missionary stuff. I mean, you understand. Yeah. I mean, it's there. And so, um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things that um, I think I think it'll define you as a pastor. Interesting. You know, it'll define you as a, as a person in ministry, what, how, how you see what you're doing. And so for here, coming over here. Uh, it, for me, it was an immediate transition mentally. Right. Because, um, I mean, you've got to cognitively re- reappraise that. You've got to get in the mode of being ready to do what God wants you to do. And if you're going to be there, you may as well make the most of it. And so for me here, um, I think there is a purpose for me here. And that is to to provide a perspective right. that, um, that folks who haven't been in ministry with 20-somethings um, – just really don't provide. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't come with the, the typical kind of, um, you know, the resume or, or the dossier and I don't have an agenda. <laughs> yeah. And what I want to do is just be sure that we maximize, um, the presence and, 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 and we maximize the, the number and the people who are connecting with God in this, in this area. And, um, and how I do that. And one of the reasons why this has been a good transition for me mm is because my lead pastor, my senior pastor, and I have complementary gifts and mm-hmm. skill sets. Mm-hmm. She's She understands and gets the traditional church. She was a former district superintendant. Um, she's got a, she's empathetic to a, a, a point of pain. Yeah. Like she wow. feels other people. Wow. And, um, and she loves that and leans into it. Uh, she's a diamond polisher. I'm a diamond miner. Oh, I like different. that. Yeah. I, I, I shout out to my brother. Um, I think it was one of his chiefs that gave him that. Yeah. But it may have been someone in his officer candidate class. I'm not Don't sure. Don't tell me this ain't a diamond. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to, to be able, you know, they're, they're and really pastors in general break down into two kinds. They're diamond polishers and they're diamond miners. Yeah. And I'm a miner. I want to get out in the area. I want to get my hands in the dirt. I look for things that don't look like diamonds. Right. 
And I think, and that's because of who I am, mm. because I am not a good church person. Mm. I'm really quite a pretty terrible church person. Right, Bevel? Me too. <laughs> so, and that makes some of the best pastors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, you know, we, we, we're the pastors that know that the only way this happens is if we rely entirely on the spirit for it. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, we don't have it in ourselves for it. And I think as we look at what church is becoming, right? Like what, and your daughter, your daughter mentioned it, all the old people are here, but why is it so many old people? Because you're going to have the young people who are not going to be looking at the, the high and mighty person. And they're going to go, they're going to go for the pastor that drinks beer, eats wings, and occasionally says the word fuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of how it's going to happen. Occasionally. Oh God. <laughs> There's so many uh, thoughts that were running through my mind as you're speaking. You know, it's interesting that some pastors view campus ministry, and I think it goes hand in hand, youth ministry, almost as though when you make a transition to anything other than that, they're like, oh, it looks like you're ready for real ministry now. Yeah. And I yeah, hate that, that is because ridiculous. the reality is uh, all ministry is real, first off. But I think campus ministry and youth ministry is much tougher in the sense of if you're a certain pastor that thinks that you have authority just because of your role or your title, that is not right. Yeah. Um, I actually had a church member the other day try to try to mention something about, I don't know why you, you don't, some along the lines, like, I don't know why you don't exercise your authority more or something like that. And I said, well, I've learned from Jesus that people <laughs> will recognize and follow the authority and the power of God at work in me. And that just because I have a position as a pastor means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to flex. Right. Yeah. You don't need to flex. There's a, it's such a, it's such a hard line for pastors to walk, right? Like you have this, this varying population of congregants, these, the, the people that go to your church. And I mean, some of them look to put you on a pedestal and expect you to be this high and mighty thing. Some of them relate better to you when you're real. And just how are you, how are you that person for everyone? It's gotta be difficult. And I think, I think you guys kind of nail it on the head when you say, you know, we're not here to do this. We're here to just recognize a witness to what God is already God doing. God is already doing. Yeah, already doing man. because God is there. God, yeah. Right. It doesn't, and I love this, like, love this idea of not being promoted. You're just, you're just being called alongside. And this is the That's whole right. basis of what missionary, at least missionary with the Methodist church is. Just, you're being called to be next to God and just show that and be like, Hey, this is, this is God doing God's stuff in God's world. Well, and, and you need to it, be a part of it in an yeah. unrepeated miracle. Yeah. Unrepeatable miracle. Well, to right. kick it back to uh, Merton, I quoted him this past Sunday and he said, you can know someone better by their questions and their, their answers. answers. And mm. there are certain folks that are church folks that they care nothing but looking at the Bible for answers right? and nothing but yeah. having yeah. all the answers and exercising whatever that gets for them. But the reality is, if you look at Jesus, I mean, this is a light bulb that went off several times in my life and it crystallized right when I got to Desert that out of all the questions people asked Jesus, he only answered maybe two or three times. Mm. And he responded with a question or was constantly questioning his disciples. I mean, we're in a sermon series right now, questions God asks us. And for Jesus, it's who do you say that I am? Yeah. Right. Do you really love me, Peter? And you go on and on. Yeah, what is the greatest commandment? Sometimes it's better to ask. What do you think? Yeah, and sometimes it's better to ask a good question and truly ponder it than have an answer and do nothing with it in your life. Yeah, Yeah, that sparks a a thought that um, in in the Orthodox way, a book Mm. written by Bishop Callistus Ware, uh, Timothy Ware in England, 
for the Eastern Orthodox Church. That uh, is a Greek Orthodox or Eastern. Sorry, apologies yeah, to Callistus. Where Orthodox of yeah. some sort. Yeah, yeah. He's he's an amazing guy, but he says, you know, it's not the task of Christianity to provide easy answers to every question, but to live progressively into the mystery. Yep. But there is this extraordinary thing. Oh my God! I know, right? Like that's. Um, I was talking with our friend, our colleague, you know, James Sherlock, and that was one of the things he took a picture of that he had highlighted in the book. It's a, it's not our job. It's not our task to provide answers to every question, mm. but to live progressively into the ministry. So to continue to walk together farther along into this thing that we never will really understand. Yeah. It's that doing that together part, which is why, you know, in the great uh, in the greatest commandment, Jesus always attaches love of neighbor as it, it's a necessary condition of having a heart that mm. is all for God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so, like you say, it's these things become apparent. You know, you don't have to think, how am I going to express this? If you're focused in that, in that eternal peace, then, then it manifests itself in, in the temporal. I mean, right where we are. I mean, right here in this place. It's really awesome. I appreciate that. How, well, how have you seen that in, in, in mission work? I mean, because uh, I think a lot of us have, you know, and I'll just speak from my own personal experience that really before this became my job, I had a lot of fear mm-hmm. about walking out into a, a group of people and being seen as an absolute turd. You know, it's you're a hypocrite. You're an idiot. What in the world are you doing? By the way, that's the way I also feel every time we have communion in one of my churches. Yeah. <laughs> what in the world am I doing? Oh. I confess that to my like, people. I'm like, like yeah, offering I, communion. Yeah, I, I'm, oh. I'm one beggar yeah. showing another beggar where to find the bread. That's all I do. Yeah. Like, I'm not anything exalted or high. So how, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of communion in the Methodist Church, yeah. right? It's yeah, just, exactly. Anyone comes to the table. That's like, exactly. you don't even have to understand yeah. or, or necessarily agree because it doesn't matter because thanks to provenient grace and God coming before yeah. you, are good and just take part of that. Well, so how have you seen that manifest itself in your, in your work? I mean, I think coming from a U.S. context into the world what you think you're doing and what you are actually doing is different. And one thing that I really learned, oh, I need you to say that again, because that's something <laughs> yeah. that every single one of us needs. What you think you're doing, what you're actually doing is different. Hey, okay. And, and one of the hardest things that came for me, and this is, this was a transformational part of me is, you know, we, we left our comfortable, whatever U S based life to go and, and do and to serve and to help people. And really, it was just six months of everyone helping us, right? Mm. Everyone, we couldn't, we couldn't order food. We couldn't get furniture. We couldn't do anything without relying on other people. And there's this humility that comes with this inability to do anything, right? And so we had to examine ourselves through that, like what we thought we were coming to do. And then at some point we had to realize that our job is not to fix or to break or to whatever, but our job is just to be. Mm. and to love and to and to and to bear witness to what it is right and i think you know one of the great missiologists of of the united methodist church is he said you know you're not here to solve problems you're just here to be that's right and and that's kind of what it was and you know it's it's something i take with me when i come back and when i do my stuff and it really helps us to reevaluate the metrics of success and so yeah, I'm, oh, I'm, man. I'm here not necessarily to to do everything, but I just want to make sure that I had a, a buddy the other day who, who, who's not, I'd love to have him on the podcast. He's not a big church guy. I grew up in the church, but for some reason or not, 
you know, he was telling me about some of the reasons and problems he has. And he says, people spend too much time sitting in church and not enough doing. And I'd go out and if this was church, we didn't have walls and we were doing this and everything. And I said, look, I just want you to know that I love you and God loves you. And whatever else happens is okay. That's what you get. You know, and that's just kind of how it is. I I love that. I love that. You you know, so the process of being a a missionary is going out it launching out into the world and how you've presented it as such a critical introspective piece. Like self-reflection is such a quit looking out the window and start looking in the mirror. (laughs) I'm being sent to be. To be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, ooh, and and that's a a wholly U.S. perspective on things. That's a Western perspective on things, too. And I think if you. If you look at missionaries that come from different countries into different countries, because that's what we are. We're not just white people going into the world, dropping backpacks with Bibles and doing stuff. No, I mean, we're we're from everywhere, from Congo to Angola, from parachute know, the, dropping for Jesus, <laughs> from the Philippines to the United States. Like, there are missionaries all over the United States yeah. from other countries. And I think when we think that we have the corner market on what God is, does, and wants, we get fucked up. Yeah, 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 yeah. This this segment of the podcast brought to you by We're All Morons. <laughs> In also, need of God's grace. I can believe that. I'm the asshole. <laughs> Thank you for sponsoring this section. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's such a it, that's such a healthy perspective though. And I, you know, for me, one of one of my things as a diamond miner is I'm not worried about finding Christians who just want to worship the way I want to worship. You know, yeah. I'm not worried about mechanics. It's because it's not a mechanical process. It's not a calculative process. That's, it, it's extraordinarily reductive mm. to look at a human being, an unrepeatable miracle of God, and go, oh, you know what? Um, that's a person who just could do stuff for me. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, the idea that a person's um, agreeing with or disagreeing with your personal agenda would somehow reduce what they actually are. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the most offensive thing. And unfortunately, sorry for everyone out there who's been burned by the church. What yeah. we have done for a long time. I mean, and Jesus, I, that's one of the reasons I, I that Jesus is so central and so important in all of it. Um, beyond the meta stuff, beyond the high spirituality stuff, to just walk into in the middle of a circle of a bunch of men who are ready to stone a woman and just mm-hmm. to kneel down. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, it did everything stops all of a sudden. There's a person in there who doesn't need to be in there to walk into that kind of environment. I mean, it, and I know I, I'm not a heavy politics person. Like, I, I try to avoid at all costs. But I, I, just watching some of the imagery coming out of Afghanistan. Oh. Yes. And, not na- and, and listen, for me, it's not just now. It's, it's always been. Yeah. And to see that now, though, I, I, you know, all the time since they picked it up on the 24-hour uh, news cycle, um, to look and go, you know, G- what what would Jesus do? Jesus would kneel in the middle of that violent circle yeah. with people who mattered and, and remind us all, as he did when he was walking the last three months of his life, walking through Samaria and going, this is the kingdom of God. It's yeah. literally here. Look at it. Yeah, and for Let's us in the church in, in the West, in North America, and right here in my own context, to, to go, well, you know, we really are a collection of activities. We're programs. Yeah, we are. And that's, it's so, it's perverse. It's so weird. <laughs> you know, it's it's almost fetishistic. Right. How, oh. we, how we put that forward. I don't know how the spark. Uh, I'm going to drink the spicy beer now. So. Enjoy Get it. it. <laughs> uh, I, some of you said spark this in my mind. Something I intentionally do with people, whether it's uh, colleagues, friends, um, church members, whatever. So, for example, I know someone who uh, got 
continued on to keep going in an ordination process before mm-hmm. when they uh, could have been ordained that same yeah. year. So continued means yeah, right, just continued. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. this year, but we still want you. Mm. Um, and I do the same with people who they bury a loved one or they've gone through some sort of surgery or this and that. I, int- you know, I, I call them whenever, text them, but I intentionally wait sometimes like two weeks to a month afterwards. Yeah. And we'll call them and say, I want to know how you're doing right now. Really? Because, because there's so many people like, let me respond in the moment. Let me wish you happy birthday on the birthday because Facebook really reminded me, let me do this (laughs) and that. And I found, you know, part of that process of helping people to know that they, they have that value outside of what they do. Mm is is caring for them in that moment and you know to bring it back to campus ministry the one i was involved in i realized and heard from juniors and seniors that were involved in the ministry they felt like their first year there they were cared for well and then every year after that's what are you doing for us what are you doing for us what are you doing for christ what are you doing for this and i'm not saying that that's not important or that's not necessary but um the reality is that our faith is a gather and scatter model that we we need to be loved by Christ in order to love others like Christ loves us. Mm. And it's not this my my one time my life turned around and now I'm just a like addicted to service and that's it. I never need anything else. Right. People aren't built that way. No. And, to, and to set people up that way is a disservice to them. Yes. No, absolutely. And it doesn't it doesn't provide a deep faith. It doesn't provide a deep relationship. All it does is provide future trauma and harm and shame. And we can look and see what kind of shitstorm that is as well. Oh God, we've got so much evidence of that now. It's yeah. it's it's and it's painful to me because every you know, I'm looking around here right now and there there are people here who've never had who've never been affirmed in in that way that there is something greater you know you're not a commodity yeah absolutely christ have mercy you are not a product you are you you tis yourself you know you are yourself an unrepeatable miracle and an amazing person and you know what you're struggling and you're going to fumble around you're going to fuck it up like the rest of us do and and the, the one thing that i can tell you is that none of those things matter more than the fact that you know we're, we're here together and that god loves us in the same way mm. and uh and so i, I love you too and I, man i mean that's a big deal that's a big deal let's get that church let's get it <laughs> let's get it let's i go. love you and search out the crack <laughs> that's what i have to say fine yeah exactly <laughs> all right let's rate these so beers good. this has been an awesome conversation and yeah. i appreciate hey, thanks thank for, inviting me. for coming into this space with us and and you know, we talk about like, we just want to be what brings you joy and what brings you meaning. But like to a certain degree, this can be that thin space, that holy space mm. that we invite anyone who listens to this podcast and just whatever, the, the, the ones that are sitting around this table and we can extend it out. So we're excited about that. Anyway, Bevs, tell us about your beers. I mean, I like everything I try here. They were, they were good. So I'll let y'all go since y'all had the okay, specific place. I have flights. to say my IPAs, like I... I never go into a brewery and say, all right, I like all the IPAs, but I'm going to have to say that I like it here. Wow. Right. Wow. And so that's high praise. It is high praise. The North, the Northwood IPA, which is named after a bike trail, which I wanted to do today, but it rained anyway. North IPA. Thanks rain. Fantastic. The, uh, the space force, space force, space force. Okay. So I have a bicycle. It's called the space horse. So I get confused. The space force. 
hands down. Like if you're going to come and get one beer, get that beer. That's it, all it, it is. It is good. It's it is really, really good. good. Yeah. And then their candy mountain pale ale. Yes. Damn good. Like surprisingly good. Bevel, I think you would bathe Didn't yourself Lindsay in that. Did say that it's like a best-selling one? I think she did. Yeah. And that, that's a bathe-in beer. And then um, their their spa house uh, pale ale was also very good. Very caramely. Very dark. The malts they must have used on it was really, was really good. Anyway, I recommend them all. The Pickleback, buy some Alexa of that for your next tequila night. Pickleback Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> look out, Blake. Uh, tell look us out. what you got. <laughs> <laughs> David's like, moving on. Um, so the elixir was good. It's pretty standard. The uh, FPS, the, the, the stout. The stout. Yeah. It was, uh, it was tasty. It, so when I, when I drink a stout, and of course, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the genius. <laughs> She's lovely. Um, it's, and, and, and the extra is really where I go. You know, more horsepower in that one. Um, the FPS was good. It's exactly what you expect out of a stout. And I think that stouts, oftentimes, people try to get funny with it. Yeah. And in getting funny with and it. And they put lactose in it or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's, going. it's weird. Um, yeah, it, it was it was uh, it was almost like a black lager mm. in, in some ways. It was mm. clean, it was crisp, and it was tasty. What, what hops they use in it to make it taste like a black? I'm yeah. not to be my next beer. Yeah, that it was good. Amazing. It was good. I mean, it, you'd expect it to be a little heavier than it was, but it's not. And then the spicy, which I'm only about a third of the way through. This is the one I wanted to drink last, right? Because I was like, uh, but I am thoroughly enjoying it. And the spice I'm, hits you at the it's, end, doesn't it? It's I'm, a jalapeno ale, It right? is a jalapeno ale, and I've matched it. And see, typically when I eat peppers, I go way north of, you know, Serrano is where it starts, yeah. right? And jalapeno is, is usually not on the list, except, you know, when I go to Sonic and get those fried jalapeno <laughs> poppers because they slap. Yeah. Um, this one is good, and it's, it's not the kind of thing that you're going to be offended by. It's like when you get a, a spicy chocolate. Yeah. You know, or, oh, it's like mole sauce. Mm-hmm. Oh, at a good Mexican oh, yeah, restaurant right. where you get the, it's a chocolate and it's chili and it's, yeah. This is, this kind of has that a little bit of a caramely action going on here, mm. but the, the spice and it, 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 it's right on the back of your mouth. Nice. You know, but it's really good. So if you want to taste that. Yeah. Taste. She taste it. She tastes good. She's, a, <laughs> she's, a, she's like a long, a long legged lady <laughs> across the table from you. We've got yeah. everyday beers and we got your specialty beers that are she's great for parents. No, it's a good one. I, uh, it's, it's, yeah, no, it's good. And it doesn't feel like it's derivative. It does, they don't, some, some breweries, you feel like when they do something, they're trying to chase the other breweries. Yeah. Um, this feels like something they just kind of wanted to do. Right. And I, I like that. It's oh, a, yeah. that's, a good, that's a good description of it. They just wanted to yeah. do it for shits and giggles. Yeah, she's got legs. She's All good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. For coming out today yeah you I, w- I was singing of a song but i can't remember the lyrics to it something about like <clears throat> what's a theme song to uh p blinders in there a part where i was like in a long something whatever. yeah, oh, yeah. black dress no, oh, that's, no. i want to learn yeah. that song in guitar that'd be great yeah. it's dope oh you yeah. get some lap steel on that baby yeah. I, think yeah. I think when you learn that song we'll do that special episode oh, so gosh. we can come do all that stuff so. might not you, be as good as original it's you, okay. you, got, you have to let me know where you're gonna be yeah i just oh, yeah. like to pop in I'm, can i be your flavor flavor i like we, be, we I have some a whole bunch of like past guests in I've for mentioned this. this to him. 
I was like, we need to bring past guests and just have a huge party. Um, Play just have people Play. just come. Up, are your turn. Come to the mic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you Put your come. beer down or yeah. bring it if you want. Whatever. <laughs> you better have something interesting. Well, folks, thanks for listening today. We hope you found meaning in this and conversation yeah. and jumping off point. If you get a chance, rate and review us uh, wherever you get your podcasts and give us that five stars because five stars is fun. Beer is fun. We're fun. Have a good day. Unrepeatable miracles of God. Amen. Unrepeatable.